Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the Inside the Boards podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping you learn to think like a question writer so you can study smarter, not harder, and succeed in medical school. Welcome to Happy Hour with Swathi and Eva. I'm Swathi. How are you doing, Eva? Hey, Swathi. It's so nice to be back for another podcast with you. I'm excited to talk about so many things today like we always do. I know, because when we're always together, it is happy hour. Yeah, it's always happy. Extra, extra happy. Actually, I'm extra happy because I saw that we got a lot of feedback, especially from our last happy hour episode. I didn't even, I'm overwhelmed by all the responses we got. I know. Thank you guys so much for tweeting us, DMing us. So we got a lot of feedback from our dating episode. We didn't think that would be the case here really like super shocked surprising thank you but we wanted to answer a couple of, of like questions that we kept seeing over and over again so the first one that we got was how did you manage to have a relationship while being a active current student for me um like i mentioned before i met my boyfriend george during covid and um, I was in the middle of rotations. And shortly thereafter, I started studying for boards. So it was a big transition in our lives, like, because he works a, you know, normal business hours kind of job. And I work med student hours, meaning that I will go to the hospital, rotate, come back, study, go to sleep, rinse, repeat. Yeah. So yeah. when we first started dating, it was making time for each other. So whenever I would have like a post call day or a day that I didn't have committed to studying, I would prioritize to have a date with him and things like that. And I set that boundary early on. I was telling him, I was like, you know, these are kind of the expectations of what I can give in this moment. So then fast forward a little bit. And then we moved in together. 
And then it became a little bit more difficult because he was seeing that I was getting up much earlier than he was. I was going to bed later than he was. And then when I was studying for boards, the hours were way different too. And along with that comes the moods, mood swings, like the ups and downs and the transitions of just domestic life, really. Like who's cooking, who's cleaning, who's doing the laundry kind of things. So we had to have conversations about it. And it was like, okay, I can, I personally enjoy cooking. And he won't admit this, but I'm a better cook than he is. So So I took that responsibility on. And, you know, he took care of maintaining the house, like, you know, the lawn, the taking out the trash, the mail, those kinds of things. So we ended up splitting a lot of those responsibilities. But how was it for you guys? Honestly, it was very different for me. I feel like, you know, you had a more systematic way of approaching the relationship. For me, it was my relationship with my fiance was literally long distant because I was living in the US doing my clinical rotation. And then, you know, just prior to COVID, I had moved back to Canada. So then, you know, we had moved in together. And we were kind of just, I wasn't anticipating staying in Canada, I was supposed to only be home in Canada for like, two, three months. (laughs) And I was supposed to return back to the US. COVID had other plans for you. (laughs) Yeah. So I mean, in my mind, I didn't see it as like, I'm moving in with him. It was more like, okay, like, you know, we we can see how things go when we're living together. And slowly, we would move in once, you know, I was ready to get engaged him, there was a bigger plan in place. Things never go according to plan. That's just how my life is. (laughs) That's how life is in general, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, I had to, we had to improvise. So, for me, I kind of got thrown into this situation where now I'm cohabiting with my now uh, recent fiance, and I have to learn to, I guess, in a way, better myself. <laughs> because, like you had said, like, you know, when you're trying to study for boards, you know, you're in a completely different mindset. You're completely somebody else that that you know you're trying to be competing with yourself and you're taking in all of this information sometimes you kind of ignore your partner a lot and that was something I had to learn how to be I was struggling with that I have horrible I guess uh, life work balance so that was one of the hurdles I had to overcome so for me one of the things I will admit I'm a hor- I'm not a horrible cook but I just don't care to cook. <laughs> my my partner <laughs> my partner does all the cooking. He loves <laughs> to cook. So and he's so passionate about it. So even if I made something amazing that I thought was amazing, he'd be like, "Oh yeah, okay, that's good. I like it, but you know, let's let me do it, you know?" So you can improve a, on it. <laughs> exactly. So I feel like he kind of took on a lot of that responsibility, which was great for me. Um, that was one thing off my shoulder. But I had to learn how to study when I had to study, be on a schedule, but also spend time with him. That was for me a huge struggle, especially during COVID when you're forced to be in front of each other 24 seven, those lines of when you're going to start studying versus when you're going to end studying kind of starts to diminish because you don't even know like when night and day is happening anymore. Right? Yeah, no, for sure. I noticed that too, in our relationship and I saw us like 
we got into the routine. Like we'd have dinner, watch a TV show, be on our phones, not really interacting with each other, but kind of being in the same space. I was like, you know, this isn't really developing our bond. So then I instilled a date night rule. So we would have to have date night at least once a month, just given whatever our schedule was. If we could do more, that would be great. But at least once a month where, you know, devices down, interaction with each other, conversations about what's going on in our lives. Like even though we see each other every day and we're like, oh yeah, how's your day going? But like you can brush that off and be like, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. And when we had those moments of like just fully being immersed with each other, like actually paying attention to one another, that was really helpful in developing our bond. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that's actually an interesting uh, topic that you bring up. And I've seen some people ask um, about this. How do you even develop a bond? Because you're so you're in that phase where you're so infatuated with each other and you're you just want to be with each other. How do you even bring your mind to focus on boring topics? <laughs> you know, like like you just want to be with that, you know, your man and you want to watch a movie with him. You want to do those things. And COVID gives you that perfect time for it. You know, like yeah. it almost gives you that illusion that you have nothing else to worry about. Just romance. (laughs) I know. But also I will say before him though, like in the heart of COVID before he and I started like seriously dating exclusively each other, I remember like going on dates and I was just like, nah, I'm not really invested in this and (laughs) nor do I care to allot any more time to this because that's the other thing. Time is such a precious commodity when you are a medical student. And I think for anybody too, that is the one thing you will never get back in life. And so when I was like, okay, that was fun, but do I want to invest any more time into, you know, person X, Y, and Z for whatever reason, it's nothing against them. It was just like, you know, we didn't click off the right way. It was, I made that very clear and very early on, like, Hey, I appreciate that we spent this time together, but thanks. No, thanks. And I think that's also the other thing. Ghosting in our uh, day and age (laughs) is such a thing. I don't know what is so difficult about people sending a message like polite, but, you know, direct like, Mm -hmm. hey, had a great time. Thank you. But for whatever reason, I don't see this working out. It helps you be clear in your intentions. It helps the other person be clear in what is expected and then there's no hurt feelings. Like, yeah, nobody wants to be rejected. Rejected is awful. Yeah. I feel like for me, that's one of the things that I also struggled with too. Not that I'm ghosting people, more like I was ghosted, you know, when I was dating. So I I struggled with that. I was like, hey, like, I mean, for me, rejection is not an issue. I feel like I've been rejected so many times. Hell, when we started applying for med school, like. Oh, God. (laughs) I feel like rejection is like the second term that you hear while in your medical school career from like the beginning of application to the day you apply for residency. Exactly. So for me, it was like, oh, another one. Who cares? But see, I'm used to it. I just don't understand why. I mean. I kind of understand the psyche behind it, but I wish more men and women, okay, would have the almost the guts to just be like, hey, look, man, like you said, I'm just not feeling it. Let's just move on. Let's just see what else is out there. But it's like some people do it with the intention, oh, I don't want to hurt their feelings. But I think a lot of it is a little bit cowardice. It's like, I just don't want to 
face it, you know? Of course. And I think, honestly, all of this kind of stems back to how did you develop a relationship while being a med student? Like, how did you go through dating kind of things? It's by having clear and direct intentions and conversations. And that applies to everything, like having clear, direct conversations about what roles and responsibilities you'll take on in the relationship. Or if that relationship is not for you, saying, hey, clearly and directly, this is not for me. And that's okay. Because somebody else is out there for you. Exactly. No, for sure. There's always somebody else that, you know, you can invest more time in and get to know. And I completely agree with that. But let's move on to some of the other questions that we did get. Yeah. So this is kind of like a secondary to the first question. So the next question is, what compromises did you have to make in order to build your relationship? So I know for (laughs) me, one of the compromises was my sleep schedule. Because my boyfriend is a very (laughs) light sleeper. And if I was rolling into bed late or getting out of bed early, that would definitely disrupt his sleep. So I had to kind of adjust my sleep schedule for that reason. And if I knew I wasn't going to be able to sleep at the same time period as him, I would, you know, sleep in the other bedroom just to make sure that I wasn't disturbing him because he also has a job and has to perform at his daily tasks every day. So, I, okay, I became the clothes folder in our in our house. Okay, <laughs> like my, my fiance does not like to fold clothes, so that was a compromise I had to do. So he does the cooking, I do a lot of the cleaning, but I have to fold clothes, and I hate folding clothes. Do you know how <laughs> annoying it is? oh my gosh all those years in retail huh didn't pay off no god no like I feel like even when you have a retail job it's not as bad when you have your own clothes you get especially for me because I have slight OCD it turns into from folding to like color coordinating and then all of a sudden I'm doing that what's that show on Netflix where Mary, is it Mary Kondo? Marie Kondo, yeah. Yeah, Mary Kondo. Where, where if you don't love it or if it doesn't bring you joy, you let it go. Yeah, well, that that wasn't happening for me. <laughs> it was more like, hot, like you know, like you're just like, you're staring at this piece of cloth and you're like, okay, do I need to keep this or should I just throw it away? What should I do? And that takes up five minutes of my decision making. And I'm like, oh God, let me just rearrange the whole thing. And then I want to color coordinate it and I want to do all this. And oh God, yeah, my OCD was like, really bad with that. But anyways, that was a compromise I had with him is I am going to invest more into organizing and putting together our lives while he kind of helps me with the cooking and taking care of me while I'm studying, really. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's like a daily life compromise. I was just thinking about like some other compromises, just kind of like the nature of our career, like where that would take us. And I remember telling George, uh, my boyfriend, at the beginning of our relationship, like, hey, these are kind of my non-negotiables. And one of those things were, if I'm with you when I match for residency and we are in a stable, committed relationship, I do kind of have the expectation that we would move together. Because as you guys know, like residency, you sign that document when you sign up for match. And it's like, yes, I commit to wherever my residency placement is. And he was very on board with that. And I think that's a little bit to do with his understanding of the medical process because he's had family members in medicine, so he gets it. But Mm -hmm. I've had partners in the past that were like, 
Absolutely not. I'm not leaving my home that I bought. I'm not leaving my family. And that was really hard. And I feel like when you find a partner that's like, okay, this is a commitment that we have to make for three years, five years, or however long the residency is, like that is somebody who is going to be with you till the end, I feel like. Oh, of course. And girl, you went deep. Okay. Now, now I get where you're, you were trying to go. So, so yeah, you, you had some really good conversations from the get go. You had to, and then these are, these are the types of conversations I think people should be having when they're really trying to settle down with that person, or they think that this might be the one. Oh, honey, I'm old. We got to cut to the chase now. (laughs) No, you're not old. You're not old. (laughs) We have to tell each other these things, guys. Like, this is what happens when you when you hit a certain number. You're like, oh, so I feel like, you know, those are some serious conversations we should be having moving forward, especially when you are thinking about settling down with that person. And it's good to see that you had them early, you know, for myself, I feel like I we kind of had this established idea that, you know, we did want to be together. We kind of knew from early on, even though we were doing the long distance thing, I was, we were very much invested in each other. We were very serious with each other and we had initially introduced each other to our family. So we kind of knew we were moving that way, but uh, for a serious compromise, what I had to do was learn how to be patient. That's something that I wasn't with my previous relationships because You know, for me, um, I have trouble sometimes expressing how I feel. And a lot of the time, you know, if something pisses me off or something doesn't go my way, what I end up doing is bottling it up. And, you know, in the past, like I would not practice any sort of patience with my partners because I have to take into consideration the people that I'm dating. Maybe they, you know, they maybe they don't understand me or maybe there's just something that. Uh, we need to work through. Instead of that, I just kind of be like, okay, I'm not ready for this relationship. Let's just move on. I want to be single. That's just kind of how I was. Did you feel like you had a cut and run mentality? Yes. Yes. And I think that kind of stems from this fact that I was avoiding having to face a lot of my own problems. (laughs) You know what I mean? Uh, Like, you know, like people would want to know like, hey, do you want to get into a serious relationship? Where do you see your life moving towards? And these are the questions I didn't have answers to at that time. You know, like you kind of had a vision of how you wanted your life to be. I was, I didn't have no vision. It's not that I had a vision. I had a lot of past experiences that told me that doesn't work for you. (laughs) Yeah. And like, for me, it was the opposite. I didn't have that many. I mean, I had some, but like, I did not have very many. And I feel like I was still figuring out what does Eva want, you know? So when I got these complicated questions, I would just kind of be like, ah, this makes me uncomfortable. See you later. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't it be nice if we could do that with like medical school? Like, hey, I don't really like dealing with heart failure. I'm not going to learn this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. Like, you know, it's like your heart's not pumping. Oh, it'll, it will. (laughs) Just give it some time. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we just we don't have that luxury to just um, step away from our problems when it comes to medicine. But again, relationships are kind of part of medicine in a way, you know, you're trying to deal with some an, an entire entity and another person that's so invested in you. So I had to really learn how to do that. And I had to learn how to effectively communicate. I wouldn't say that was a compromise. It was more a bit like grow up. Eva. <laughs> well, you no, know, that is a compromise because you compromised outside of your comfort situation. 
Okay, that's a, that's a better way of putting it for sure. <laughs> yeah, and, and I had to, I had to, I had to learn how to live outside of my comfort zone. Actually, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Okay, so moving right along, the next question that we got a lot from people was, what lessons did you guys learn from past bad relationships that you've had? Mm. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I so feel like there's so, so many lessons in life. Well, I kind of touched on it a little bit. One of them for me was being able to move with my partner for residency at whatever stage we were. If we were dating, engaged or married, like I would hope that my partner would move. Another one that I learned was valuing myself in the relationship. And I noticed a lot of myself being lost, especially in medical school, because I was dating somebody else in med school. It was always like medical students, I think, have an inherent competition with each other, whether they want to admit it or not. Like, you're always like, okay, I have to be the best or I have to do better than everybody else kind of mentality. And so the person I was dating anytime like we were studying or, you know, I would beat him out on an exam. It was just like, well, why did that happen? How How's that possible kind of thing? And then it made me feel like I didn't deserve the grades that I got, even though I had put in the work and the effort. So that was oh, one thing yeah. was to value that I am knowledgeable in what I'm doing and that I've earned where I'm at, basically. Yeah. I mean, like you said, like there's just, you're dealing with so many type A personalities. And not only that, it sounds like you started to grow a bit of imposter syndrome. I can completely relate to that because I have that. Like, I really believe I, you know, a lot of the times when I do achieve something or I, you know, get that grade or that score, I'm just like, nah, there's somebody better than me. That must have been just by luck. The fact that I put in those hours, I put in that work, I just don't see my value. And, And I could see, like, I know how you are, Swathi, and I think you just have such a big heart. I could see you falling into that, you know, cycle where it's like, no, you know, you're just so giving you want to, no, but it's there. the same for you too. And I think it's the same for anybody in this field that feels that way, because we're inherently, we chose it to like help people, right? Like mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. why we came into this field. And I think that's true for any, um, allied health profession too. Um, so I get that feeling like, okay, I'm not good enough. It just happened by luck. And that like I hate that because I know how hard you work too. Like yeah. you got to where you are because of your hard work, not because of. I mean, yes, there is a little bit of luck mm-hmm. involved, but also because you put in those excruciatingly long hours. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think that there are a lot of uh, you know medical students or people in the healthcare field or just in general um, in any sort of uh, profession that requires you to you know, put others ahead of you, we tend to think like that. But I also think that there are certain types of relationships that can foster um, a negative sort of uh, environment for certain types of personalities where they kind of fall into that trap where they forget who they are, and they start to put that other person before them, and they start to almost get pushed into this vicious cycle. And that is kind of in a way, abuse, you know, it is, it is a form of, because everybody should be able to be themselves Mm -hmm. and take care of themselves in a relationship. 
before mm-hmm. taking care of the other person. Like when you're on an airplane, they tell you to put on your own oxygen mask first before mm-hmm. you help somebody else. Because if you're not okay and you're not breathing, how are you going to help somebody else? Oh, a hundred percent. Exactly. Like you need to, you need to do you before you can help somebody else. That, that, that's so true. But we often forget that. Like I, I try to live by that, but sometimes I see myself putting my needs aside for my loved ones. Like, it's just how I am wired sometimes. I know. And I think women have a little bit more of that burden of responsibility than men do. And and I could be wrong. Like, I, I hope our listeners tell me, you know, uh, I'm wrong. Like, if that's true, like, please let us know. But I think like society and like culture is kind of ingrained it into women that you have to be the more self-sacrificing one, the more nurturing one, the more compassionate one in the relationship. But mm-hmm. I think for any healthy relationship to grow, it has to come from both partners. Like both of you have to be feeling valued within yourself uh, from within and then also secondarily from your partner. Mm-hmm. And so that being said, did you feel that when you were in that relationship at that point, you you lack that or? Oh, what, what? for sure. I was just like, yeah, like maybe it was a fluke. Like maybe I didn't deserve that grade. Maybe like, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't give myself enough credit, really. Looking back on it now, yes, retrospectively, I can identify that was a toxic relationship. But in that moment, was I able to identify it? Absolutely not. Because after I got out of that relationship, I was able to look at myself and be like, wow, you you do know yourself. You are intelligent on your own. Like, yes, we were studying together and dating each other and everything else. But like also at the same time, like that knowledge in my head that was coming out and reflected on the exam scores was all me. It wasn't anybody else taking the exam. Right. How did you for a lot of our listeners, I think they could really benefit from them. How did you really figure out what some of these signs and sim- not symptoms were so signs <laughs> symptoms, but you know, like what are some of these signs? The clinical signs and symptoms? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. At the physical exam show? Yeah. Like, are- Honestly, if I have to be super honest, it mm. was a lot of retrospective after I got out of the relationship. It wasn't with while I was in the relationship that I was able to identify it. And I hope that like the things that I'll share now can help somebody like, okay, maybe that's not what is right or healthy. Maybe that is a sign of a toxic relationship. That doesn't mean that it definitely is. It's just like yeah. in in any relationship, someone should not devalue you or your contributions to bettering yourself. That is mm-hmm. number one. So if you are... Let's say, okay, you're trying to lose some weight and you are eating healthy and you're exercising and you're doing all the right things. You cut back on the drinking. Maybe you quit smoking. And if someone is like, well, you're not losing weight fast enough, that that is minimizing you. That is not a healthy relationship. That person should look at you and be like, wow, I'm really happy that you've made these changes. I can see that you're motivated in bettering your life somehow. So mm-hmm. when my boyfriend at the time was like, I don't get how you got those scores. Well, he should have said, no, I'm really proud of you for studying super hard. I'm really proud of you for getting that exam score, even though it was higher than mine. So hold up, hold up. So when he said that to you, did you ever say, well, how do you think I got these scores, man? Like... (laughs) Like, what do you think? I don't have the voice that I have now, okay? That that was 
was a younger me. <laughs> I, I have, I've grown into some wisdom yeah, in the last yeah. couple of years, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. For sure. But, I just, it just boggles my mind that like abusive men are out there that do this, especially in our Yeah, because too. It's, it's not like outward abuse. It's, yeah. it's inward abuse. So it's not easily identifiable, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the trickier situations because you can teeter that line. Is this person just not able to understand and be empathetic? Or is this person actually like trying to bring upon my own downfall? That That's what you have to ask. Because some mm-hmm. there are some guys out there and some women out there too that don't know how to communicate, that don't know how to empathize because they haven't been in a partnership before. Oh, so they 100%. don't know the give and take. Yeah, especially when you have a partner that, you know, you're obviously, I'm just using medical school as an example, because this is what we're in, and we were. So why when you're in medical school, you're constantly competing, um, not just with yourself, but with your classmates. I know we say we don't, but we kind of do. Oh, we do. You know? <laughs> That's so, a lot of crack. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're in that position, say if you're dating your significant other, and that person seems to be a lot more... Um, or is a lot more successful than you in that moment, you tend to compare yourself in a way, right? So in that moment, what I've noticed some women or even men do is they try to like, pull that person down, like the toxic one. So they'll be like, Oh, you know, like, in your situation, you're just like, well, I don't know how you got that. Some women could just, you know, that I've seen that we're dating like very highly successful men, not just in the medical field, they'll just be like, Oh, like, they'll say something abusive to kind of bring them back to bring their attention back to them because they feel like their spotlight is kind of not even taken away. Exactly. Exactly. And I feel like it's also kind of this behavior that makes you feel like you have to stay in that relationship in order to continue on the path that you are. At least that's how I felt. Um, Like I, yes, we were studying, I was doing well in school and there was a part of me that, kind of like red flags were going off. Like, this isn't right. This isn't how you should be treated. And I was like, no, but look at how well I'm performing in school. I thought of it as, oh, he's a motivator or he's a pusher. But looking back on it now, that's not how you motivate or push somebody that you care about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like you've just kind of listed so many red flags there just listening to the story i'm just like uh-huh yep check check cautionary check. tale <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but yeah like you said you have to look at all of these signs together and and really assess like right. why is this person doing this why yeah. like what is their and what was this the person that you dated what do you think their incentive was to do this is it just to keep you in the relationship longer or uh i i i don't know i never asked him I never followed up with him once we had our break. Like, I, I don't know. And honestly, that's that's up to him for his own introspection. And I can't speculate on that. And I and I won't because it's just not my place kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, no, but for that, sure. Okay, so I want to go co- like conversely, if you are in medical school and dating, it doesn't mean that it has to be this toxic relationship. You guys can definitely help build each other and be like, okay, this is how I remembered this, or this is how I studied for that. Like there are very healthy relationships that I've seen in medical school that support one another, that celebrate one another's achievements kind of things. It doesn't always have to be this kind of negative route. I don't want to dismiss those successful couples that are in medical school. 
Oh, for sure. Uh, there's so many people that come out that are married, have many children. We're just sharing the doom and gloom. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, know? I did say, what lessons did you learn from bad yeah. relationships? <laughs> So if you're if you want to hear more doom and gloom stories, tune in. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's move on to some of the more questions because I feel like we could talk all day long about oh, this yeah. topic. We could talk know? about all the pa- bad past relationships, even outside of medical school. I I have a few stories about those too. <laughs> <laughs> well, you uh, know. You always have interesting stories. I feel like I can listen to you all day. Eva, I know you have some stories too. Maybe maybe we'll get another episode in on this. Yeah. Uh, so another question that we had uh, that was really, I thought, super pertinent is what did you do to balance like girlfriends, friends, and your romantic relationships? I'm usually tired after my classes and I have no time to spare for either my girlfriends or a partner. Interesting. Well, I'll take the lead on this one. This is something that I, I've witnessed myself and I have seen previously in being the single friend in relationships. Now, I will say this, when somebody, one of my friends or girlfriends, guy friends gets into a relationship, I always want to be there. I always want to be very supportive, you know, be that friend that helps them grow their relationship, not yeah, to take you're away. Cheerleader. Exactly. That's what I do. And I, and I'm very proud of that. Okay. But in the past, I've been in relationships where I am happy, or I, I assume that I'm happy in that relationship. And I have, uh, you know, I've had friends in the past that have analyzed that relationship. And maybe at that time, they were just trying to give me better advice. But it kind of came across very toxic in so many levels. And, and I'll, I'll give you some examples. You know, I was dating this one guy in medical school, and he and I obviously were never going to work out because we just had completely different viewpoints in life. And I think our lives are just going separate ways, you know, whether it be distance or whatnot. I just don't think he was that serious in that relationship. I wanted something a little bit more serious, you know? It ended up, it was, it's actually a bad story, but um, it ended up, one of my girlfriends was kind of getting a little too close to him, you know, and then I had to find out that they were flirting with each other and obviously nothing happened, but it really hurt my feelings. I'm not saying like this happens to all friends, but when you're put in a situation where you really see one of your girlfriends kind of do that, it's just like, Oh my God, like, why would you do that? You know, and it, 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 it did, it did hurt me on a deep level, you know, and I was scarred a little bit, but then I realized maybe this is not really, I mean, obviously I knew that relationship wasn't going to work out, but what I was really hurt by was my relationship with my girlfriend. Like, it's not always about a sexual relationship. It's all, it's also like, you know, relationships with girlfriends, relationships with your parents, any relationship that comes into your life that's, you know, you're forming with a man or a woman, whatever you, if it's, if it's going to get to that level where it becomes so toxic to the other relationships, you really have to reevaluate, reevaluate that relationship. Right. Cause you're like, is, is this really worth it kind of thing? Because Mm -hmm. a good relationship should not take you away from other relationships. It should enhance other relationships. Exactly. And, and what I, I mean, I was really hurt by this. It's like, okay, fine. You know, this guy that had come into my life was doing this with this girl. But what about my friend? Why did she reciprocate that? 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, what was the intention behind that? I didn't even get into it at that time. It just kind of ended really badly on both Wait, sides. Wait, are you still friends with this person? Oh, no, no, the no. The girlfriend? I'm, okay. No, I'm not. And and that wasn't just because of that incident. There was just so many other incidents. I feel like we were just never um, on the same level in things in life. And I think over time, people show their true colors. And you just realize sometimes you just have to let certain ships sail. And that's just how it went. Yeah. So... But, you know, I'm all about giving people second chances and, you know, retrying to uh, establish relationships. I never believe that you should just completely cut ties or burn bridges. But sometimes when when you forgive somebody so many times and you try to work through things and it still doesn't work out, I think at that point it's okay to just say, hey, let's go our separate ways. Maybe this isn't healthy for either one of us, you know? Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, you always have to assess any relationship in your life? Like, is this going in the direction that I want it to be going? And if not, is it possible to change it? Like, how can I kind of guide the ship a little bit? But did you have any experiences where your girlfriends did point out red flags and you were like, oh my God, thank you? Yes. But sometimes I find certain girlfriends can be a little bit over the top critical. Like, there's, there's a good balance in that. So I have a story where one of my girlfriends, um, so I was in a really long term relationship just before I got into med school. And none of my friends liked this guy. And it's not because and I liked him because I liked him for other reasons. I'm not going to get into those reasons, because I feel like that's just a long (laughs) list of things that people don't really care to hear about. But um, you know, my girlfriends just thought that he was really insecure. And like, he wasn't really there for me when I needed him. And those were valid reasons. I kind of overlooked those things until it got to a point where I just felt like this relationship wasn't moving me anywhere. This guy wasn't being my cheerleader when I needed him to be. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't listening to me. He wasn't there for me emotionally. And it wasn't a successful relationship. So whatever. So that failed. And in those incidences, I feel like my girlfriends were there for me. Now, I've had other incidences where it's not about me. It's just like um, something that I've witnessed. You know, one of the girls, uh, say hypothetically, one of my friends would get into a relationship and there'll always be that one friend who will say things like, oh, he didn't do this for you. That means right away this person is not good enough. Like, Oh, so they were raising red flags before red flags really should have even been raised. Exactly. So it's kind of like, dude, like chill. Like some of some of those kinds of dynamics, I would this is why for personally for myself, I don't I don't just like bring my relationships on until I know the person that I feel like I can say, hey, no, actually give him the benefit of the doubt. He's kind of like this. You have to kind of let him get to know you to show you this aspect of him instead of judging him initially. Right. So I find like sometimes people, some girlfriends can be a little bit judgmental. That's why I think when you're getting into a relationship, give it some time, you know, before you just, I don't know. That's just my opinion. You don't need to introduce your significant other right away. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I definitely agree with that. Like I've always played everything close to the vest, but that's mostly because I'm afraid of being hurt and I don't want Mm -hmm. another failed relationship kind of on the radar of my friends and family like uh another one bites the dust kind of situation (laughs) oh (laughs) yeah I, i completely understand that i feel like especially with parents especially when they get invested in that partner or significant oh, yeah. other, they'll yeah. be like, 
<laughs> they'll be like, oh, what happened? What here? happened there? <laughs> he was so nice or she was so great. It's like, yeah. all right, well, obviously it didn't work out. I don't know what to tell you what happened there. <laughs> yeah. Did you know he slept? I was kidding. <laughs> yeah, she slept with her roommate. No. <laughs> oh. But I mean, I've also noticed that too, when like, and I've been guilty of this too, but when somebody gets into a new relationship, the friends can sometimes fall by the wayside. And actually my boyfriend, George kind of taught me how to maintain friendships because those people were there for you before the relationship started. And God forbid that relationship ends, they will be there for you after so you mm-hmm, have to mm-hmm. maintain and be able to nurture it. So like um, for us too, like we like clear cut rules and things. So we mm-hmm. have um, like one night just just dedicated for friends and, you know, one night that's just dedicated for us. And those are independent. Like we're not out. I'm not out with his friends. He's not out with my friends just so we can have that bond with our, you know, respective people. Mm-hmm. And kind of grow with each other and just kind of be able to, you know, shoot the shit. Yeah. You're saying like he helped you remember that, you know what? It's important that when you do get into a relationship, yeah, be with that person that you love and you want to show all that affection and you're in la la land with, but don't let those people that have been there for, for you from day one just kind yeah, of fall to the side. Exactly. Exactly. And that was the other thing too. It's like, okay, well, And I've, and I told him, I was like, you know, well, this week, like I have to, I need to spend time with my girlfriends doing this. Like I have a book club. So I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. I have to go to book club and I only have one night this week. So we can't hang out. Like this was at the beginning of a relationship before we were living together. So now it's a little bit different, but still we maintain that. Like I still go to book club. Like he goes Mm -hmm. to play hockey. Like he has his nights with his boys. I have my nights with my girls. So it's, yeah, we do try to keep that balance still because I think that is super important Mm -hmm. having those relationships that were before the romantic relationships still in our lives yeah and that's also kind of keeping your identity intact so you're not getting and this is what happens when you get into a relationship I've noticed this with some people they sort of lose themselves in that relationship and they develop a new identity from themselves it's like who was Swati before Swati met her, her boyfriend George, <laughs> right? Like it's like it's Swat, it's Swati and George now, but it's not Swa George. It's still <laughs> Swati. <laughs> yes, you know? yes, I'm still so, my own person, and you are still your own person. It's not exactly. even Sultan. It's not yeah Sultaniva. <laughs> Soliva. Soliva. Saliva. Saliva. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh. Oh. Okay. This is what happens when when we we are having too much happy hour, eh? I know too much, too much fun, too much pick me up in your day. But I mean, these were great questions. Mm -hmm. I mean, this was a lot. I feel like we delved into a lot more meatier stuff today. Yeah, I I feel like I kind of this was therapy for me. Like I'm like sharing, (laughs) I'm sharing my life, guys. I feel naked. Don't judge me. Honestly, it's okay if you judge us. Like, interact with us. Tell us. Like, no, hey. it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Don't judge me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I would love for people to continue to engage with us. Maybe we'll do another third installation of this. What do you think? Would you be up for it? Oh, hell yeah. Like, I could talk about this topic all day, guys. I could be <laughs> that voice for y'all. But um, yes, let us know. Like, I feel so 
happy when I see messages from you guys. I see you guys, you know, engaging with us, interacting with us and shooting us questions. Um, yeah, I, I'd love to I'd love to get to know more about what you guys think. Some of the things that you guys have experienced. Swati and I are always here to share. Oh, yeah. Or if there is any new trends in the dating scene, because yeah. you know, we've been out for it for a couple of years now. Well, yeah. even longer than me, but oh god. <laughs> well, I feel like yeah, I feel like I really want to know what's like I feel like the dating scene changes so much. Like I know. the other day, you were telling me about Zoom dating. Yeah. Like that is that is kind of cool, but also very strange to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you guys have anything else you want to talk about, we're always here. We want to share everything with you on happy hour, your little pick me up of the day. Make sure you follow us on all socials on Facebook and Instagram at Inside the Boards, on Twitter at Boards Insider, and catch us on all your podcast listening devices wherever available, such as Apple and Spotify. Eva, this was awesome chatting with you. I'm so glad we got to do this. Yeah, we'll be back next week, guys. Swati and Eva checking out. Yep. Peace out, guys. Bye. Bye.